Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, right here from the Long Island Bunker. Question I'm posing to all of you this morning is, what is an acceptable number of deaths? Mm-hmm. I just said that. What do you think is an acceptable number of dead Americans? Is it greater than Pearl Harbor? Less than... The 9-11 terrorist attacks, the Oklahoma City bombing, or is it over 60,000 Americans since we started counting the coronavirus deaths? Well, if you're Jared Kushner, the president's lackey, I mean, son-in-law, then we're doing a great job. The federal government, this administration, has leaned all the way in and everything's fantastic. So apparently for Republicans and the Trump administration, 60,000, 60,000 dead Americans is acceptable. That is the sign of a job well done. I don't understand why when Jared Kushner is allowed to say some hot fucking stupid shit like that, That reporters around don't say, really? So you believe that 60,000 dead Americans is acceptable for this administration? Shall I pull up Trump's Twitter feed when he was coming for Obama to resign because of, I think it was maybe five or so deaths from the Ebola virus in the United States during his administration? Are you fucking kidding me? 60,000 people, 60,000 mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, sisters, 
brothers, loved ones, fiancés, husbands, wives, people. These are not just numbers. They're not just statistics. They are people who right now can't even have proper burials. Their loved ones can't even gather and grieve in the way that they should because of this global pandemic. I had someone tell me, one of our Woke AF contributors this week, Jonathan Metzel, told me, where had he been before he came on to do the show? At a Zoom funeral. Wrap your mind around that. So what Jared Kushner thinks is acceptable, 60,000 families, 60,000 families around this country are trying to figure out how to grieve in the midst of a global pandemic where no, people can't come over to your house and bring you some good cooked food and sit with you and wipe your tears and hug you and hold you. As you work through the stages of grief, that in many cases, if you are isolating now alone because you had sent your loved one off to the hospital in the hopes that they were going to return to you, that now you are also grieving in isolation as well. That should never be acceptable. Ever. There has not been one time that I've watched any of these bogus bullshit campaign rally, uh, quote unquote, coronavirus briefings where I have seen this president offer any bit, any inkling of human empathy, any inkling that inside of that big, stupid, square, orange body. And yeah, I'm being petty and I'm being small. And you can say, oh, Danielle, you're better than that. No, the fuck I'm not. Not today. Not today, I'm not. Because my heart and my mind is with 60,000 families. My heart and my mind is with people who are looking for leadership desperately in a moment where they need to believe in something, where they need to wrap their arms around something, where they need, are desperately looking for faith and looking for guidance in their moment of darkness. And there is no one to be found. My heart is with them. So I will be as petty as fucking necessary to make my goddamn point. 60,000 Americans, their blood is on the tiny hands of this would-be motherfucking dictator named Donald Trump and his classless, empty family, if you can call it that. I prefer to call them Spawn. (sighs) Folks, we are months into this thing, and while Dr. Fauci may have given us a shred of good news yesterday, when he was talking about testing that has been taking place over the past couple of weeks. And if you were a scientist and you actually believe in science, which, you know, the person that he works for does not, um, this would signal that we are somewhere. 
And he was talking yesterday in the Oval Office about a clinical trial for a potential coronavirus treatment drug called Remdesivir. I never understand why they can't give these drugs just like normal fucking names, like button or sock or leaf. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Remdesivir um, is... It is they're they're looking into research here where they had like a placebo group, right? When you're doing these testings, and then they had uh, a group that received the uh, the medication. And what the study shows, uh, according to Dr. Fauci, is that remdesivir has a, a quote a quote clear cut significant positive effect in diminishing the time to recovery. Um, he says that the improved time from recovery went from 15 days to 11 days. Uh, they will need to do more, uh, intense research, right. Uh, to see the, the long, uh, lasting effects of this, but it was the United States along with Spain, along with Italy and other folks, uh, who other countries, excuse me, that have participated, uh, in Gilead, it's Gilead Pharmacy's uh, remdesivir treatment for the coronavirus. And, you know, a couple of times in his conversation while explaining to the world, the American people, he said it is quite good news uh, and calls it a, quote, drug that can block the virus. Um, so according to the New York Times, the FDA plans to authorize emergency use of this experimental antiviral drug remdesivir for treatment. Um, he's cautiously optimistic as you have to be in science, as you have to be when you are looking for ways to stop a deadly virus. He likened it in his discussion to, um, AZT, which if that sounds familiar to you, it was one of the first antiviral drugs used uh, to combat uh, HIV AIDS. Uh, and we know that the first drugs that were introduced, AZT being one of them, happened after, God damn, tens of thousands of, of gay men died. Right. Uh, and it wasn't without protest and action and forcing and activation uh, that the FDA finally sped through treatment that could help. And, you know, when Dr. Uh, Scarf Lady uh, Burks, when, when Dr. Uh, uh, Burks came on to the scene, she had hailed. Um, Americans, America's response to HIV AIDS. And I had just come off of watching a, watching a series and God, this seems like so many months ago now, but it, it really wasn't. I had hosted a screening of Apple TV plus their series called out on television. And it was executive produced by a friend of mine, Wilson Cruz, um, who is an actor and this was his first time executive producing. And in one of the episodes, uh, it was about AIDS, the HIV AIDS epidemic. And what's so startling, you know, is that I'm fairly old. You guys don't ever think that I am because of how I look black don't crack. Thanks mom. Um, but I don't remember 
and maybe some of you do. So when you listen to this, tell me what you remember um, in the days, the early days of the 1980s of the AIDS crisis, because they were showing all of these clips. And I imagine that maybe 10 years from now, we will see these same clips about the coronavirus. We will see these same films and 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 television shows and episodes and all of these things about uh, this global pandemic. But when I was watching out on television, which is the name of the series on Apple TV Plus, if you have it, you should watch it. It's it's incredibly good. Um, it was so startling to see the ways in which broadcasters like Ted Koppel and um, you know those kind of old school white male anchors uh, from back in the day were talking about this quote unquote gay cancer. And how the Reagan administration, another Republican administration at the helm during a incredible epidemic that was ravaging one community that they didn't give a shit about. And Reagan, during the early 1980s, you couldn't even get him to utter the word gay. You couldn't get him to utter the word AIDS at all. Meanwhile, literally, uh, there were images in New York City, Christopher Street, famous, you know, gay area, Chelsea, um, gay men dying on the street, dying alone in hospital rooms with no one holding their hand, no one touching them, no one wanting to come near them. And I get choked up uh, when I think about it because uh, it would be the mid-1990s when I would lose my own uncle um, to, uh, to HIV and AIDS. And um, just the lack of humanity. I think that that was what was so startling was the lack of humanity that was shown. And so fast forward now, as we are hopefully seeing the first, um, the first bit of daylight um, come through in all of these months of darkness and now with 60,000 deaths. Um, I think about these people dying alone without their loved ones, without somebody holding their hand, um, shielded because no one understands the virus that they have contracted. And so what they can do is just stay away. And that the last images that they're seeing are of people in protective gear and hazmat suits where they can't even see them. And how scary that must be. And how isolating that must be. And when I think about it, and I'm getting choked up explaining it to you, because my own mother, as you guys know, was in the hospital at the beginning of March with a brain tumor that needed to be operated on. And I, when I think about the compassion that she was shown how I was able to literally sleep in the hospital with her every day because she was scared to be alone because she had had a seizure that took place at night. And so sleeping was now a point of anxiety and not a point of restfulness. I think about the faces, the smiling faces of the nurses and the doctors that came in to tell her that she was going to be okay, 
to, you know, joke and give words of comfort. And then now I fast forward, but a few weeks after my mother left the hospital, thankfully, before this pandemic broke wide open and we were able to get her home safely, I think about that same hospital, Stony Brook University on Long Island. I think about that same hospital that in just a few weeks after my mother would leave would have tents up out in parking lots, would be turning the parking lot that we were driving into into a makeshift hospital for the coronavirus patients. And I think about those smiling nurses and doctors that now would be in hazmat suits and goggles, and you wouldn't even be able to make out their eyes. And I think to myself about how even me, I wasn't the one lying in the hospital bed, it was my mother, but how their kindness, how their compassion, and just being able to have that human connection, what it meant to us, what it meant to our family. We still talk about the doctors and the nurses as they call monthly now to check in on my mom and see her progress and make sure that she's okay. And we talk about their bedside manner and just, my God, if I ever need to get anything done, I'm going to Stony Brook Hospital. And now I can't help but weep when I think about the fear and the isolation and dying alone. Alone. You know, seven years ago, we lost my grandfather. And my grandfather is 89 years old. um, And he had had a stroke at 88. And why did my grandfather had a stroke? You would say, oh, well, he's 88. He was old. No, my grandfather was the primary caregiver for my grandmother, who was suffering from Parkinson's and probably early onset dementia at the time, but nobody had known it. And my grandfather didn't tell anybody because he was a very prideful man and he could take care of his wife by himself until he couldn't. And usually it's the caregiver that goes. Anybody who is listening who has cared for a sick loved one knows that. Um, You need to take care of yourself. I will urge all of you to take care of yourselves because if you do not take care of yourself, you damn sure cannot take care of the person that is in desperate need of your care. So my grandfather falls ill. He has a stroke. He gets into rehab. We're so thankful we get him home. And he spends one night in his own bed and he has another massive stroke. And then that would be the last night he would ever be in the house that he bought when he moved from Jamaica to the United States. The day that he died, his daughters, his children were in his room and my mother was holding his hands, was holding his hand while he was taking his last breath. And she looked over at him as she was holding his hand and she said, it's okay, you can go, we're okay, we're gonna be okay. My mother reminds us, she tells us that story at least once a week because for her, as a retired registered nurse, She has seen so many of those moments play out with loved ones needing to be there for the last breath, for the last moment. 60,000 Americans didn't get that moment. 60,000 Americans died in isolation 
60,000 Americans did not get to hear as they floated off into their next incarnation someone telling them that they would be okay, that they were loved, and that they will be missed. Jared Kushner and Donald Trump and that entire administration are a bunch of evil bastards. That number shouldn't be acceptable for a 60,000 fucking cats, 60,000 fucking dogs, 60,000 fish, let alone 60,000 human beings. Months from now, when you have the opportunity to go into that poll, whether you are doing it by mail, whether you are social distancing as you're getting ready to cast your ballot at the polls, you remember those numbers. You remember those people. You remember the fact that this administration thinks that that is acceptable, thinks that they are doing a good job, that Donald Trump gives himself a 10. You remember that. You remember that they were alone, that those doctors and nurses had worked 24-hour shifts with lack of PPE, that many of them could have been alive had they had preparation and ventilation, had Donald Trump ordered the Defense of Production Act not for his fucking chicken sandwiches and to keep brown and black people at slaughterhouses so that they could feed the rich. You remember that they thought that this amount of death was acceptable. I always say to people that Americans have very short attention spans, like that of a gnat. It's like shit that happens in January you barely remember in February, let alone in June. This moment right here, I want you to fucking remember. I want it to be burned into every American's brain. Do you know why? Because it was preventable. And I've said this, and I'll say it again. Could Donald Trump have stopped the coronavirus from getting to the United States? Absolutely not. It's a virus. It knows no borders and it knows no bounds. Could he have prevented the amount of death that we have seen? Absolutely. Because it would have taken preparation. It would have taken attention. Neither of which he possesses. Even still in this moment, weeks ago, my governor... America's governor, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, said, you have the power to authorize the Defense of Production Act to get businesses in this country, factories in this country, to build the ventilations, the PPEs, everything that we need. Donald Trump abdicated that responsibility. He abdicated his fucking job, but only when it serves him. Does he act? Let me just remind all of you where the coronavirus came from or where we believe that it came from because we learn new things every day. But the one theory, right, that remains, where did it come from? A wet market, a food market in Wuhan, right, in China. Why the fuck would you mandate then that a meat packing plants 
remain open when 5,000 fucking people have contracted the coronavirus across the handful of meatpacking companies that have a stranglehold over the United States. 5,000. 800 alone at Tyson's. Why is this the cross that you're willing to die? Oh, because we don't want to disrupt the production of food. We don't have a breakdown of the food system. Motherfucker, that's where the disease started. So once again, who does the grunt work in the United States? Black and brown people and poor folks. That you are deciding are expendable so that you can foot a steak on your plate so that you can go chomp down on a McDonald's burger. We have no idea how the food is being handled, what is happening, but I would urge you this, y'all should pay attention to chowing down on a whole lot of meat, on a whole lot of chicken in the coming weeks because those plants were closing for a fucking reason because they didn't want to be sued. And do you know what Donald Trump is talking about? Protecting the CEOs and the companies from liability. Do you know what that means? Our our friend and woke AF legal contributor Glenn Kirshner will tell us later on in the show exactly what that means. But let's say that you know you're doing some fucked up shit. You know your shit ain't safe. Which is what the Tysons and the Smithfields have discovered. They don't want lawsuits coming their way from workers and the unions that are saying, ho, 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 ho. You're having these folks go into these slaughterhouses, go into these places. They don't have the right protective gear. You're not doing the coronavirus testing at a rapid rate to make sure that the people that are going in to handle the world's, the country's meat production is safe. Do you all remember? Because I'm not too old. I'm not too old to remember when there was a mad cow outbreak. Right? That was when the Oprah show was still around. Remember how Oprah got sued by the meat packing companies? Because she got on television talking about Mad Cow and said, well, you know, maybe y'all don't want to be eating meat right now because we don't really know what the fuck is happening with these cows. Well, I would urge you all to think, to think about what's coming on your plates in the coming weeks and the coming months because Donald Trump has mandated it. And he's doing so in a way that if there is a massive outbreak of food contamination contaminated with the virus or some other manifestation of the virus, that you have no ability to sue that company. That the workers who are now being forced to decide between their health and a paycheck won't be able to sue in their unions, won't be able to do anything on their behalf because Donald Trump is protecting the companies and CEOs because that is what has been consistently a part of what we have seen unfold over the coming months, over the past months. 
We watched it play out with the PPP, right? The Paycheck Protection Program that was supposed to help America's small businesses. Who got that money? Wasn't me. Wasn't my mother's yoga studio, right? Wasn't the hair shop down the street. Wasn't the barber shop. Wasn't the local uh, Italian restaurant. No. You know who got it? The fucking Potbelly and the Shake Shack and Ruth Chris and the LA Lakers. Yes. I wrote about it. I wrote about it. And you'll tell me, well, Danielle, they gave the money back. Yeah, they did give the money back. But do I have to rely on the benevolence of these massive corporations to be shamed into doing the right thing? Or should they have never had the opportunity to access those funds that were supposed to be for Main Street in the first place? I wrote about it this week in at Zora Magazine for Medium. It's entitled, The Bailouts Won't Save Black-Owned Businesses. Small businesses, PPP loans, aren't going to the communities that need them the most. In this particular piece, I was speaking about how black businesses, minority-owned businesses, women-led businesses are the ones that are getting the short end of the stick. And I I say this, quote, Deficient of the ability to unify a nation built on the false premise of rugged individualism, we are quickly devolving into some version of Lord of the Flies. The virus that was initially seen as a public health crisis has exploded into a full-blown economic catastrophe that has exasperated race and class, class tensions. The race for food... Tests and resources played out sadly in grocery store aisle fights in a real-life dystopian movie, Our Own Hunger Games. In just a few weeks, over 20 million Americans have filed for unemployment, and that number will continue to grow until this president and Congress address the pervasive and crippling inequality upon which America was founded. Check out this piece at Zora. And if you follow me on Twitter at D2Cents, D-E-E-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S, you will see it in my feed. And if you're not a member of Woke AF Nation on Facebook, I know that many of you don't like Facebook and neither fucking do I, but it is a place for us to gather. The group there is Woke AF Nation and you should join. I am always, always happy to welcome back to the show MSNBC legal analyst, former 30-year federal prosecutor, Glenn Kirshner, to break down all the illegal workings or questionable legal actions taken by the Trump administration. Glenn, welcome back to Woke AF. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? I am okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am okay. Uh, Last night, I went to bed with the news that... The Trump administration, in thinking about, I think the number now would be the third stimulus package that they were considering, or at least, you know, the president was thinking aloud, as one does, apparently, uh, that maybe he would consider withholding funds to states, uh, which, you know, Mitch McConnell wants to file, they want them to file for bankruptcy anyway, Um, He would consider withholding federal funds to states uh, 
in exchange for an end to sanctuary cities. Is that like, uh, how? How is, what? Is that possible? You know, the, the, the question that keeps coming up when we see Trump often in tandem with Bill Barr Mm-hmm. make these sort of outrageous federal overreach statements, proclamations, or threatening legislation. We ask ourselves, is that possible? Can mm-hmm. he do that? Yeah. Is that lawful? And so often, in my estimation, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. He can't do it. It's not proper. It's not lawful. It's a violation of the Tenth Amendment by the federal government trying to usurp the power of the states. But, and and I think the big ticket question, I don't want to get off track too much, but, you know, people are like, well, can he cancel the election? Can he postpone the election? Is that lawful? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. But we're dealing with Donald Trump and Bill Barr. So I I wonder what the point is when we continue to ask ourselves, is that lawful? Can he do that? The answer is a corrupt president, as enabled by a corrupt attorney general, can do pretty much anything they damn well please. Yep. And unless and until the courts step in to put a stop to it, um, or the people rise up, I'm not suggesting revolution, but I know we're not, you know, in the best position to protest at the moment. The answer is, yeah, they can do all of this stuff, whether it's lawful or not. And it's only a question of how do we stop it? So, you know, when you look at the sanctuary city, yeah. The latest um, threat by Trump, and it really is the same sort of flavor as closing the borders and caging immigrant children and restricting, you know, travel uh, on visas and now sanctuary cities. First of all, this is the handiwork of Stephen Miller, I'm quite convinced, because Donald Trump is an empty vessel, Mm, right? And mm -hmm, Stephen Miller... mm -hmm fills up one-third of Donald Trump with his xenophobic insanity trying to eject all immigrants from our country. You know, I think the other third of uh, what's going on with Trump, the empty vessel, is Bill Barr trying to fill Trump with a theocracy and a unitary executive uh, country. And then the final third is Bannon filling up, uh, you know, Trump with uh, deconstructing government. And he's doing all of those things, but... He's being led by the nose. You know, he is a puppet for other people to manipulate, whether it's Putin or nefarious actors in the United States. The sanctuary city thing, you know, no, they probably can't um, uh, override the states when it comes to, you know, lawful policies that are enacted by state governments, state governors, state legislatures. But they could um, decide to hold. They could decide, right? Because they here's can the punitively thing. withhold this, this, funds. Yeah, because the state. I mean, this is. I, I feel like it's deja vu because mm-hmm. this is what happened with the Ukraine, uh, mm-hmm. and so here we are. Because the, the states. This is what. This is what makes it so disgusting, and I find that some folks on the media side, not doing the best job of connecting the dots for the American people. And I know because we're in the midst of a global pandemic and we're focused on the number of deaths and we're focused on the number of spreading, but we're not so keenly focused on all of the nefarious things, to use your words, that Donald Trump is doing. The states that are the most impacted right now in this particular moment are blue states. 
right? The states that also have uh, sanctuary cities within them, blue states. Donald Trump does not need those states to win re-election and doesn't want them. Right. So as Mitch McConnell refers to providing states with the resources that they need as a blue state bailout, as Mm. you know, they talk about, well, why don't you file for bankruptcy? And the joke was made, well, they're not Trump businesses, so maybe we don't want them to do that. And what would that, as Governor Cuomo said, signal to the markets if 50 states applied for bankruptcy um, and signal to the world? I, I. This is so, it's so partisan, Glenn. It's so partisan and so despicable as if Democrats as a, as people, right? As people, as human beings do not matter. Yeah. Republicans seem to have given up on decency and on any sense of concern for humanity. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but you know, you hit the nail right on the head when we have a national health emergency and we have so many people suffering and struggling and dying without their loved ones even being at their side and without even having proper funerals, proper burials. You've got Mitch McConnell really scoffing at that and laughing at that and saying, well, you know, we don't want these blue state bailouts to help the New Yorks of the world. Uh, and, you know, let let those states go bankrupt. I mean, what he's saying is, you know what, let those people struggle and die. You know, what is it to us? They're not Republican voters. Right. And and I, I don't I don't understand kind of how we got here. Not that politics was ever, you know, clean and nice and genteel. And, you know, it wasn't. But how it is that politicians are you know, not only failing to respond adequately to our national health emergency, but gleefully seeming to celebrate it and expressly take advantage of it, hoping that dead Democrats translates into more Republican votes in November. Because make no mistake about it, that's what the Mitch McConnells of the world are are virtually saying. How did we... How did we get here as a society? I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm at a complete loss. Decency and integrity and human life still kind of matters to me. And I thought it would still kind of matter to all of our elected officials. Apparently it doesn't. I, you know, we're so far gone, Glenn. You know, we're so far gone. And I know that you have seen so much over your over your career but i can't imagine you've ever seen anything like this and so and 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 the, the to me what is even most disconcerting at this moment is that the polls don't even reflect how disgusting and vicious this administration and this president's policies are right like it's not even reflecting that the people that are outside protesting social distancing and protesting against a virus are the very workers that Trump doesn't really care about. Yeah, but you know what? And I know this, again, sounds hyperbolic, but Nazi Germany happened, right? That's not just a bad movie. Nazi Germany happened. And we look back and we say, oh, my goodness, how could that happen? Well, look at what's happening here. Mm Mm-mm. It, 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 you know, 
we we always looked at Germany and said that right that it could never happen here. It could never happen here. Or we or you know I remember being young and learning about the Holocaust uh, in school and saying how could these people let this happen? How how could nobody have stopped this? We have our answer, and we, we have, have our, our and we have our answer, and it's so. It's it's uh, there are so many pandemics that are happening right now. Um, one of consciousness, one of decency, um, morality. Like it's just it's it's in, it's incredibly off putting. And so to transition into yet another thing that just shows just how disconnected and evil this administration is that they have decided to institute the Defense of Production Act. After Tyson Foods, which is one of just a handful of uh, meat chains in this country that have a whole lock hold on all of our all of our meat supply, they closed their plants uh, because over 800 employees had been infected with the coronavirus. Um, they, there was a push by the labor unions. Right. That if people are going to be working under these conditions, then they need to have hazard pay. They need to increase their pay. They need to have PPE, all of these things. Well, Trump has now, with the Defense of Production Act, mandated that meat production, these slaughterhouses remain open. Right. And don't shut down for the safety of the public. Now, if, in fact, the way in which the coronavirus entered Earth, right, entered society, is through the wet market in China, in Wuhan, and then like a nuclear bomb, just, you know, blast radius around the world. We know then that the coronavirus can enter into animals. Mm -hmm. So how is it that these companies, these meatpacking companies are saying for the public health, and I'm sure for the ability not to be sued, which we'll go into, we're closing down, which is going to disrupt the supply chain. And you're going to, you know, we're moving into this World War One, World War Two uh, time capsule when we were having meatless Mondays and we were having these things because pr the pr food production chain had been broken because of war. But now Donald Trump is demanding that he get his chicken nuggets from McDonald's. Yeah, you know, and, and Rachel Maddow did a great piece on this last night, how the meatpacking plants have become something of a petri dish um, for uh, COVID to spread. And the numbers of infected workers in some of these meatpacking plants is like off the charts as compared to the general population. So we already know that meatpacking plants is one of the places, unfortunately, like our, our prisons and jails, where... COVID is thriving and exploding, and it's something that we need we need to wrestle to the ground, one, to protect human beings, whether they're inmates or working in meatpacking plants. Two, when it's a meatpacking plant, as you say, we need to protect the food source because everything that the government does should be about promoting public safety. And what Donald Trump is doing with respect to ordering the meatpacking plants to remain open is actually damaging, potentially in a really dangerous way, public health. Because mm -hmm. as you point out, this virus started 
in kind of the ugliest, most unruly meatpacking plant in the world, the wet markets, right? That is a virus that started in a food source. You know, it's we don't really have wet markets here, so it's not an, a U.S. food source, but it's still a food source, a wet market. So we know that if it started in a place where, you know, food is being produced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why in the world mm-hmm. would we have our government say, Okay, we have this enormous batch of infected workers mm. in meatpacking plants. We want you all, we are ordering you all, while you're sick, while you're infected, to produce the nation's food supply. What kind of special dystopian movie is that? You know, what's the next step is soil and green is people, right? Um, we're, 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 you know, where the old movie where it turns out there's this strange food that's being consumed by the population. It turns out it's human beings that are being ground into this, mm. this soil of green food, right? I, it, again, it sounds like a crazy dystopian movie, but, but it's, he, he's, yeah, but Donald Trump is ordering it. Sick folk, I want you to stay in the meatpacking plant. I want you to get each other sick. I know y'all are going to die, but that's okay by me. And I want you to produce the country's food. Really? So here's what we have. This is according to Bloomberg uh, and this article for folks. It was entitled um, Trump orders meat plants to stay open in move slammed by unions. And I just want to tell people because, again, it is only a handful of companies that supply our meat. Right. So plants that are closed right now are Cargill, uh, Conagra, JBS, Smithfield Foods, Tyson Foods. Um, and they are all up in Trump areas, by the way. I just want <laughs> I want folks to understand that. And according to the unions, um, at least 20 workers in meat and food processing plants have died, right? And 5,000 meat packing workers have either tested posi- positive for the virus or were forced into self-quarantine. 5,000. And Donald Trump wants us to go into our local grocery store and feel super good about picking up our next pack of meat after these plants have said we're so the meat that's in the store right now, I'm going to assume is okay. But I'm going to assume who knows? But why is nobody thinking about this? It started in a market. And don't we have to ask ourselves if that's kind of the point? Is Donald Trump trying to continue to spread fear among the population? I mean, that kind of is the, the definition of terrorism, right? It's mm. spreading fear among the population so that you can leverage that to your own political or personal advantage. You know, he wants the whole country to do him a favor, though, by, you know, worry, worrying about whether their chicken sandwich is going to kill them. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that... Um, Bloomberg had had reported yesterday, and I tweeted about it, is apparently during um, some Oval Office gathering yesterday, the president, like, didn't really hide part of his intentions about why he was ordering the meatpacking plants to stay open. He said he's doing it to limit liability for the meatpacking executives. And tell us what that means. So (laughs) if you have a certain responsibility Mm -hmm. to run a safe workplace – so if you know your workplace mm-hmm. is a petri dish for a deadly virus mm. to infect uh, and multiply among your workers, you could be sued for wrongful death. You could be sued for mm. all sorts of 
sort of torts, civil wrongs for causing harm to your workers or knowing there's a harm and being grossly negligent in failing to address that harm and protect your workers. But you know what? Donald Trump says, hey, 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 Tyson executives, I got you. I'm going to order that I'm going to I'm going to issue a federal proclamation. I'm going to I'm going to say you must remain open. So guess what? You can't be sued. I'm protecting you. I got your back. So you know what? When I need a little election cheese in my campaign coffers, you get my back, right? Mm. We can see that unfolding. Jesus. That's not that's not just wild speculation. That's exactly part of what's going on here. Limiting liability for executives. Are you kidding me? So we're going to kill our workers. We're going to infect our country's food. And we're not going to let the fat cats be held accountable for it so they can help me get reelected. Those dots are not hard to connect. There are like six of them. And they're labeled <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Like a third grader connected not, dot book. You know, it's not. It's not like, you know, a, a million dots. It's six dots. And I yeah, constantly tell people. You don't have to be people, Sherlock Holmes to figure this no, out. No, I say follow the money. You know yeah. what? And my new thing is I say follow the money and follow the racism. Who is, mm -hmm. you know, because yesterday I wrote a piece, Glenn, uh, for Zora magazine on the fact that the PPE, uh, the, the PPP, excuse me, program that is supposed to protect small businesses is not actually protecting small businesses because it's protecting the Ruth Chris's and the pot bellies and mm -hmm. the Shake Shacks of the world. And, you know, I'm talking about minority businesses are the ones that are going to be bearing the brunt. And like this, this pandemic could essentially wipe out minority and women owned businesses. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, I said, just casually, I said, you know what I wonder? I wonder if the stats that have been put up about who is dying from this virus, if it wasn't black and brown people, you think that we would be having these conversations? If this had been a pandemic that instead of hitting densely populated areas, which by the way, I don't believe that rural and suburban areas are immune. Um, mm -hmm. I believe that it may be slow moving because you have this dense population. So you're going to attack that. But these folks that are opening up in Texas and Tennessee and Georgia, it's going to blow up in their faces like it will. It's 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 a virus. But I said, if the people who were dying from the virus didn't look like me, we would be having a different conversation. There wouldn't be people outside protesting social distancing and protesting, demanding that we open up the economy. So I said, with this administration, it's very easy. Six dots and follow two things, the money and racism. And then you'll yeah. understand what the motivation is. And we have to unravel this come January, Danielle. I mean, once we have a law-abiding president and a law-enforcing attorney general, we are going to have to get after every last criminal politician that has done this to the people and not just the American people to the immigrant population yeah. to our country generally we have to get after it there can be no turning the other cheek to this and the one not when they are killing or letting a virus kill you know huge segments of our population huge. they can't get away with it they can't I, I because isn't it I, again legal terms I know but isn't this like manslaughter? Isn't it, you know, will? I mean, it, it's you have all the facts. The scientists yeah. have told them, right, what what the risks are. 
So how yeah. is it that this administration is will not be liable? Yeah, it's it's either negligent homicide or involuntary manslaughter. Those terms are largely interchangeable, but it, it is that all day long. And yeah. so, you know, I could walk into court, you know, the day after inauguration and prove the three elements of involuntary manslaughter, you know, gross negligence, uh, risk to life and, and thereby death results. I can I can prove that all day long to a jury. Give me give me a fair jury and I can prove it. The question is, will we have the political will to do it? We've got the legal tools and abilities. We have to have the political will to do it. And if we don't do it, then we're just as bad as Donald Trump. You know, my last question for you, speaking of January, speaking of November upcoming, uh, New York uh, is not having a primary. Uh, has canceled their has canceled their primary, which again uh, elevates fears of what can happen in November, what will happen in November. Um, do you think just you know that Biden needs to be using this all of the what seem to be overt intention to harm the American population um, mm-hmm. that this needs to be a part of his campaign messaging because right now again you know i haven't heard much i haven't heard much coming out on the political side from the biden camp other than you know this week's announcement hillary clinton endorsed joe Biden. i mean who else is there to endorse mr potato head um but do you think that they need to be using some of this harsh but very real things that we've been saying today in their campaign. Yeah. First of all, I'm not a political strategist. Yes, I, and know. I wouldn't purport, purport to tell what uh, tell Joe Biden and his campaign what to do or how to run their campaign. I, you know, I, I think you can't help but address this and take it head on. And yeah. I don't think that is exploitation of a bad situation. I think it's putting in focus for the American people exactly why we are suffering the way we are and why we don't have to suffer or we didn't have to suffer this way you know coming full circle when you talk about the defense production act the president has always had the power mm-hmm. to order manufacturers to produce life-saving the equipment. ventilators Pro- the ppe yeah, not a, all yeah. Of it. produce the masks that our doctors and nurses need so they can attend to the the struggling and the dying uh, safely Pro- produce the test kits because i don't care what trump says we are so woefully behind on testing less than two percent of our population per capita every country's doing better than us because of trump's negligence or intentional misconduct he's never used the defense production act to order manufacturers to produce test kits to help people survive but he's ordered that they produce chicken so everybody Jesus can Christ. have their chicken sandwiches i mean you have to you have to not exploit it but you have to drive home to the American people, those willing to listen, and they're not all willing to listen. This is what he has done to you and to us and to our country, and we cannot endure it. Yeah, we cannot. Glenn, as always, thank you so much for, for coming on to Woke AF Weekly to break down all of the legalese that we need to understand. Um, and I, you know, I hope that you are keeping a very large file. <laughs> So that when when the Trump administration is done, you're like, here, friends, we're going to court today. Um, yeah, I, hope, I look forward to being back in the mix with government holding these folks accountable, you know, come January if everything falls into place. That's uh, 
you know, I, I took my two-year break from government service mm-hmm. after 30 years as a federal prosecutor, and I really am looking forward to getting back to it. Well, we, we will be glad to have you back. Glenn, thank you so much. Thank you, Danielle. The point is this. None of what has transpired should be deemed acceptable. Nothing. We deserve better. We should have gotten better. And for all of you that are still humming and heeing about Joe Biden, who y'all know, you've been listening to, you've been listening to me. You've been listening to me from back in serious days. You've been listening to me for a long time. You think Joe Biden was my favorite? He wasn't my first, second, third, or fourth pick. But he is what the fuck we have, so I need him to show up. Right now, he's not really doing that. But I need you to be reminded that this, what is happening, what the Trump administration, what this right-wing Republicans are doing is unacceptable. There should be no toleration for the amount of death that we have seen in just two months. You have Republicans, which I have called. They're not Republicans anymore. They're not. They sure as hell will never be the pro-life party in my fucking mind. They are the death party. They are willing to sacrifice 2 to 3% of the population, which is 6 to 8 million people, folks. We already have 60,000 funerals that need to take place or are taking place over Zoom. Six to seven million, two to three percent of 330 million. This current president was calling for Obama to resign over five deaths. Are you fucking kidding me? It is a crime. What has taken place and we know we know it's a crime. You know why? Because the president has daily briefings that he fucking ignored that were warning him of what was coming from December. And I'm sure the more that people dig into it and the more analysis that we get, the longer we will know the more time that they had. You know why Italy and Spain and France and other European nations were in the place that they were in? Because they were closer to the center of the fucking storm than we were. They didn't even have the lead time. But here we are now, where we are number one, over one million cases of the coronavirus in the United States. I suppose that that's what Donald Trump meant when he said America first. I didn't know that he meant it where we would have one foot in the grave. If you're grasping for hope, like I grasp for a bottle of wine at night these days, we still have an election. We still have a shred of hope. We waited for Mueller. We waited for impeachment. We are the last ones that we are waiting for. If we fail this time around, we will become 
a real life version of the Hunger Games. And that is not me being hyperbolic. That is it from me here, folks, on Woke AF Daily. As always, folks, please stay safe, stay hopeful, stay connected. I have a special announcement, which is that Woke AF Daily is moving to Patreon. Patreon.com. We are moving there. The show is going to be there on Monday. You will be able to start signing up on Friday. I am bringing you Woke AF Daily at a very low, low rate of $5 a month, which is $2 cheaper than it was at DNR Studios. And I'm doing that because I believe that you need to have better access, a better platform, um, and the opportunity to connect with me more. And that is what I hope to bring you at Patreon. I'm excited for us to go there. So stay tuned for more of the ways in which you can get connected. Follow me on Twitter at D2Cents, D-E-E-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S. Folks, that is it for me here. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.